0: Hi, friends. Welcome back to Practicing Faith. I'm Nate with my friend Tucker. And today we're going to finish up the book of Revelation. Now, this this continues with the, the theme that John has been giving you. He's going to replay Old Testament themes with the plagues like angels and blood water and earthquakes and all sorts of difficulties. And he's going to give you images of dragons and great prostitutes and great battles and blood. And all of this is kind of a nightmarish heavy scene that can kind of weigh down. And and, uh, we're going to take a look at how this is not the end, fortunately, and what this book really has to offer, because I think sometimes we get so caught up in wading through dragons and blood and earthquakes and heaviness that we don't see with the real vibe that he's really after. So, Tucker, as you went through this, what did you notice? What did you see? uh, What stood out to you this time around as you went through the book of Revelation?
1: Yeah, great preface there, Nate. First of all, I'll just confess I'm sitting here on my couch with COVID, and uh, so if I sound a little bit more manly than usual, that will be alarming to people. So that's that's the reason. But my body has COVID, hasn't sunk into my soul. I'm feeling pretty good so far. So, um, so this time through the Book of Revelation, as I finished it, I kind of had to smile, laugh a little bit um, because. Like something hit me a little bit differently than it has before. Like, I remember being like reading this in the past. And then as I get to the end of the book, just like, oh, thank goodness. There's a happy ending here that like there's peace at the end. And let me just read this verse that kind of hit me funny. Revelation 21, verse seven and eight. He that overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Then verse 8, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murders and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And for me, the thing that really hit me was that first word, but the fearful. After this whole book of all of these, honestly, pretty terrifying images of, you know, dragons and beasts and vials being pouring and being poured out on the earth and so many people dying and, and plagues and natural disasters. Um, I think it's funny to kind of wrap up the book being like, Oh, but the fearful they are they're going down. It's like, wait a second. what? is it a natural reaction to be fearful at the end of this book? And I think maybe that's part of the point is we are going to like in our lives, we are going to face a thousand, maybe infinite reasons to be fearful. Uh, in the takes so many different forms. Uh, like right now, there's some turbulence going on in my extended family. Uh, there's some interesting things going on in my job. There's some interesting things going on in my neighborhood. There's some kind of tragic things that are maybe developing in, in a family that I know of um, with, with uh, somebody with health problems. There are so many reasons to just get caught up in the fear of life and the what ifs, like infinite. And this time reading through, Nate, I, I think John is maybe trying to help us feel that help us see that and normalize that not just the end of the world, but just being in the world is that type of experience. And yet there is a way to overcome. There is a way to find peace and love in the middle of the beast and everything. There's a way to have the name of the living God on your forehead. And there is a way to have peace and love in your heart, even while it feels like, all heck is breaking loose around you. And so that was a vibe, an overall vibe I got from it. Nate, does that
0: resonate with you at all? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So so let's look to this, like, because we've all experienced it. We've experienced the dragon. We are experiencing the dragon. We we feel this unsettled, we feel this fear. We it it's it's running constantly. So let's just skip to the end. We'll fast forward through the, the fight scenes and let's go to this, <laughs> this reason for hope right here. Right. And um, what is it? 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth right there. No longer any sea like the sea is this route, this historic route to chaos. Like this is where the chaos monsters and the serpents and things are unpredictable. There, like, there's no sea. It is just this new heaven and new earth. And, and God is there, and we as the bride are there, and it's a wedding feast. This is like the best imagery for what we could be expecting here. In the ancient world, weddings are like the most fun you can have. Like this is when your friends are going to be there. There's going to be good food. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be romantic love. It's, it's just this great symbol for what it is going to be in God's presence and then if you go down to verse four, we enter in God's presence and he will wipe away every tear for their eyes. The, the, this is beautiful, beautiful stuff here. And uh, Tucker, what else do you see here that is attractive to you here at uh, at the end of the book?
1: Yeah, I'll just keep going with that verse that you were reading, 21.4. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Isn't there just a part of all of us that just yearns and screams for that? No more death, sorrow, crying, pain, and for all those things to pass away. And I I just want to rest in that that desire, that hope a bit. And I think the promise of the book of Revelation isn't that we have to wait around for the world to get destroyed before we experience that. Um, for almost 2000 years now, people have been reading this book and, and kind of like projecting outside on the outside world that, Oh yeah, this, this King, must be the antichrist or this person over here must be, Uh, you know, have this have the number of the beast on their forehead. I think it's really natural for us to take all this scary imagery and try to pin it on something and make sense of it. And we suggested this in the past podcast too. There might even be a more transformative way to read this book, which is to like take it inside. And here at the end of the book of Revelation, it predicts the fall of Babylon. It talks about the economy failing. It talks about uh, hierarchical things failing, like the kings of the earth are laid low. It t- talks about all of the things that we try to squeeze happiness out of in this life that the natural man really, really tries hard to squeeze happiness out of, whether it's success or money or fame or the next job or the next material thing or the next friendship, the next relationship, always that promise of something in the future that the natural man always throws its grappling hook on and tries to pull and reel in, right? Always to never be satisfied for long. And I think here in the book of Revelation, there's a better way to read this because if we just are looking outside of us, waiting for God to fix everything, all this chaos around us, then we become, what's the word, Nate? We become uh, helpless and we become kind of automatons. Is that a word? Um, Where we are at the mercy of the world and just waiting for God. And there's nothing for us to do except for sit around and wait for everything to be destroyed around us. Does that make sense to you?
0: Right. Right. Yeah.
1: And so as as we read this and like really take the imagery inside of us and think, oh, where is Babylon in here? What are my Babylonish desires that are keeping me from just communion with God right here, right now? What have I told myself is going to make me happy that by its nature cannot make me happy? Um, And as soon as the book of Revelation comes inside of us and we can start allowing Babylon to fall and start turning toward the lamb and the bride and the new Jerusalem, it descends out of heaven and starts to inhabit us. And we become a vessel of peace and we become a vessel of light and love and Life changes around us, and it becomes a new heaven and a new earth for us. Now, this isn't something that I don't wrestle with every day of my life, right? I'm, I'm constantly trying to recognize um, how I've been caught up in, in Babylon, and every day I'm, I'm practicing this. But it is something, and I think the good news is, it is something that we can practice doing and see re- see real results and real freedom from these things that 21.4 talks about. Real freedom from sorrow, real freedom from pain, real freedom from, not because all sorrow and pain goes away, but it it doesn't take us captive anymore. We can experience it without being owned by it. And we can have God wipe away the tears from our eyes because we are not captive to our lives anymore. We are the captain of our lives and surface experiences come and go and difficulties come and go, but we are rooted to a deeper place of peace and oneness with God.
0: And I think that's what he's promising in a way in the next verse, right? Like uh, John sees God sitting on the throne and I'm reading from the NIV here and God promises I am making everything new. He says, write this down. These words are trustworthy and true. It is done. Um, I am the Alpha the and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost and from the spring of water of life. And, and just the, this idea right here that it is done. That's why this, the surface isn't going to, to affect us as deeply. That's why the tears can be wiped away is because... Jesus has already made it possible for us to be alleviated from this. He already understands, and God already is making it right. The, the the question is if we are thirsty, if we will receive what he has to offer us, if we will take the healing that he wants to give us, the the river of water that is flowing, right? Um, and, and I think if, if we go over to the, the next chapter, it says, the spirit and the bride say, come, and the one who hears says, come, and let the, the one who is thirsty, come, and let the one who wishes take free of the water of life. And so the God's saying, hey, it's already done, and I'm offering you this, this new way of living where you can always fill up. You can always feel good, regardless of the situation or the circumstances around you. Uh, the question is, will you open up? Will you be able to receive it? Will you come, if you will? Um, what do you think about this, and how do we make this kind of abstract invitation more concrete in our lives?
1: Yeah, That's a great question. I, to me, to distill it down to something simple is, am I going to give in to fear, or am I going to open up to the, the living water that God is currently offering? Because at any given moment in my life, I feel like I have those two options. There's a reason to fear and I can give into that. Or there's a reason to turn to God and and submit to a higher power that's beyond me. That can see all of the, the craziness and is still coming from a place of peace. I, I wonder if, if everybody listening to this right now uh, can take a moment to just think Of a time when you felt a connection with heaven. And maybe think of this. Have you ever felt a time when you felt connected to heaven. And there was even an inkling of fear. Emanating from heaven. Was there even an ounce. Of panic. Or lack of peace. So for me that remembering those times in my life when i've just been flooded with peace and hope and and new eyes and seeing a new earth and that that illustrates to me that the choice is really simple like i can give into these fears or i can turn to the source that has no fear and that conquers all fear and that simple continuous turning is how we practice this, this message, I think in the book of revelation here, Nate, are you okay? If we just go right into a practice, let's do it. Okay. Maybe we'll use uh, these verses from the last chapter of the book of revelation. And so we'll just invite everybody to get in a comfortable situation, a comfortable position where you can just give your full practice your full attention, uh, full attention to your inner world. Maybe close your eyes if you have that option. If you can't close your eyes right now, maybe just stay aware of your surroundings, but focus in on the inside of you, your inner world. Take a nice deep breath and let it out. See so if you can relax every cell of your body on the out breath. And just take a second to check in with yourself. Ask yourself, what am I feeling? What is going on inside of me? Locate any emotion, either positive or negative. Maybe there's an irritation, a fear. Presence of anger. And just acknowledge it. Maybe saying something like fear is present here, or nervousness is present here, or a feeling of excitement is present here. Notice it, be present with those emotions. And if you sense that any of those emotions have any pressure to it, maybe they feel like they're pushing out, wanting to grow, or they're pulling in, wanting to contract. Allow, allow it to do what it needs to do, welcome it. Come at it with a sense of curiosity and compassion of what needs to happen inside of you. Stay present with it. If You find yourself getting pulled into thoughts, other places, just return to presence with your inner experience. And now that we've got a feel for how things feel inside, let's use these verses from our revelation for a practice. Verse 17 says, And the spirit and the bride say, come. If you can notice in your inner world, among all the potential feelings and emotions, a draw toward peace. Maybe there's a sense of gravity that is pulling you in a direction other than your fears. Definitely our emotions have a gravity to them. Take a moment to notice any gravity pulling you toward peace. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Then the next line says, and let him that heareth say, come. So go ahead and inside, as you sense any peace in there, hear it saying to you to come closer. And then you repeat to it for it to come closer to you as well. if you feel any peaceful sensations accompanying this keep calling them closer come and allow them to call you closer and allow yourself to merge with this peace with the spirit with God And if you get distracted and your thoughts pull you into another place, just return to this exchange of hearing the spirit, hearing God call you to come. And then you in return, asking God to come. And rest in that peace and presence. if you'd like to continue this practice, prolong it, feel free to pause. But we'll go ahead and wrap up and you can open your eyes and try to hold on to that quality of peace as you re-engage with the world around you. And that was a simple, quick practice. Feel free to prolong it as long as you'd like or go back to it. But a very, very simple practice um, to when fears come up in life, Acknowledge them, accept them, and see if you can feel a voice calling you to peace to come. Nate, anything that you would add to that?
0: No, I love the invitation. Like that, you'll sense the contrast, and that can be your your natural barometer. Like when you're feeling fear, you can notice that that that's not something that, that God's inviting you towards. And so that can be a trigger point to come and drink the water of His peace and know that His work is already done. And that you can confide in this powerful being, the supreme being, this force greater than your own and, and trust in that. So thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time.